Kipper and Bourne. Show number 22, if Sammy is correct. <laughs> I don't think he's confident that it's right. It's not. It's not. He's, he's this a- is how, and I've, 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 I've told you that this is like the first time in my 23-year broadcasting career mm-hmm. that I'm working every day. I, well, I don't I'm more blown away by the previous years that you weren't than I am yeah. that you have to do it now. But the, the impression was that I, I was working every day. <laughs> yeah, I certainly and, had it as a viewer. I can tell you and that. And I wasn't. I can tell you. <laughs> but now I am working every day. There's probably an element of that makes it easier because you stay up. You don't miss anything. So, yeah, but then I... I can't even recall. Like I'm I, here we are about three minutes before we're going on air. And I had to ask you, did we talk already yesterday about the Kevin Chevel day off and the Mark Chipman oh, yeah. uh, addressing the media? <laughs> you go, no, we didn't. I'm like, no, we didn't. Oh, I thought we, I can't remember. In fairness, the whole thing has been a bit of a blur. Okay, good. So it's just not, not me. No, it is definitely not just you. It's, it's been a lot to take in. Okay. So, Maybe we should have a little bit of a follow-up conversation, and I don't know uh, if we need to spend a lot of time on this or not, but just your overall feeling of uh, Mark Chipman and, and Kevin Dayoff and the media have been saying, JB, that it was at least a good tone. Mm-hmm. And all I could think to myself was, this is what the media is now down to, a tone. Right. Like, all of a sudden, it's, wow, we've got a good tone. Isn't that fantastic? Imagine, We're really moving now. Imagine getting to follow Gary Bettman in the tone batting order. God, you look like a hero, don't you? Coming after Bettman and Daly's lawyer conference? Oh. You, how low and, was the bar and, and, for the Jets? I, I, don't, I don't say that to disrespect Mark Chipman because – I am a no. huge Mark Chipman fan. Yep. Uh, as far as his credibility, as far as someone that you respect, like our game is in much better hands with people like Mark Chipman involved than not. Yes. But tone or no tone, we didn't lo- we didn't learn jack no. out of that hour. You know, the whole spectacle to me is like trying to come off right without saying anything. And I'm not, I, you know, I, I am more specifically talking about Shevel Dayoff. Like Chipman is out there offering support and explaining himself best as he can, but he's not on the hook there. It's Shevel Dayoff who's on the hook. And, and whatever Mark Chipman says, oh, it's almost like it doesn't matter. We like you. We trust you. You're not the issue here. Right. And now you're into, you're right, Kevin Shevel Day off. And ultimately, the only thing I remember Kevin saying the other day is Kyle was failed by a system. He wasn't failed by anybody in particular, he was failed by a system. And that's what we're going to be finished with to move forward. Mm-hmm. That there was no blame. No blame. Just people stepped aside. And indirectly, you got to say, I held people accountable for this. Mm-hmm. Because people got to resign or step aside. But you, you can't necessarily point to a system and and sue it and which is why everyone points to it blame blame the thing that can't actually be pinned down can't be pinned down you know i i feel like the nhl missed an opportunity here to sort of make a greater statement about what What's acceptable, you know, if you're a part of senior management, and I know they're saying that Shevel Dayoff wasn't, but he's in that meeting. He's a part of receiving the information. He's no junior player. That's, that's garbage. So they missed an opportunity to say that everyone who hears this sort of information going forward, yeah, that's on you too. You are, you know, beholden to the outcomes that your group decides 
You know, I, I, I think there's a bit of a missed opportunity there. The shovel day off thing, I can't help but feel that he tried to lie a number of times, kind of got semi-caught and half-truths. It just all feels a little wishy-washy to me. But I, I will say the goal for him yesterday was to get out of the press conference without hanging himself further, right? They gave him lots of rope, the media, and he didn't. And now we're past it. Do you think it's over now? Did he get through that and now he just gets to move on? Well, there'll always be people to do and say things towards it and how much they're going to forget, how much are they just going to move on, how, how long before they're just talking about the Winnipeg Jets again for Kevin Chevel day off and, and business as usual. I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how that... Seven-game homestand, Wheeler and Scheifele are back. They put some wins together We'll here. see how it plays out. And, yeah, Justin, I know people are like you are sitting there and they're playing judge and jury, and you're saying that he, he lied. We don't know. We just don't know. And well, I, I think I would, we know I would he go, lied about when he knew. But, yeah, but what, we, what we don't know is when he lied about what exactly. Another, uh, yeah. It... If he lied, it could have been a lie on the, I don't know what he, he cho- what, what word did he choose? Harassment at the time. It yeah. was a harassment. He was aware of harassment, not assault, which so I we don't, don't know we, is, yeah. is good an excuse. We, we don't know. E- even if he, if he did lie, we don't know what he lied about or how much knowledge there was. Obfuscate. Is that a word? Obfuscate the situation? He has made it intentionally unclear in certain instances. And... You know, as far as the tone is concerned, you're absolutely right. You yeah. want to look skinny, stand beside someone that weighs 400 pounds. It's not that hard. <laughs> and he, he he kept his head down. He looked remorseful and regretful and did everything that was expected. And he woke up today, new day, GM of the Winnipeg Jets. Who's on the market? Who's on waivers? Moving on. So as far as the National Hockey League is concerned, I guess they're they're taking votes to decide whether to uh, form their own investigation. They couldn't complete it. Some guys got off the call. Some had to travel. They're still collecting. This is the players. If it takes this long to decide <laughs> on investigation, yeah. how long do you think it's going to take to find somebody to do it and then actually go through the process here <laughs> i don't know what's going to get accomplished no not that i don't think they should they should they but they should have decided to do it and started a process whatever the event uh you know whatever the situation is because they need to start the ball rolling is you're you're right this will just never happen punt it down a day punt it down a week it's a month later and everyone moves along but it does it it, it does give everybody an opportunity and uh, the best thing that can come out of this is just uh better checks and balances new protocols, what happens, when it happens, how quickly do you report it, how quickly do you go to ownership. That, that is, that's true. That can get yeah, cleaned up. Yeah, greater awareness and, and for the good of the culture should improve in the but, wake of this. But that really sounds like that's the best we're going to get out of it from here on in. It's what, it's what everyone in power wants there, I think, for there to be a nebulous solution of maybe the culture will improve and a couple of guys keep getting paid and do less work. One one player that uh, was vocal last night, Robin Leonard, coming off uh, the the four uh, nothing loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He also addressed the media. Have a listen to Robin. Honestly, it's not that comfortable for me because uh, you know I'm I'm trying to focus on winning hockey games too. But sometimes bigger uh, some things are bigger than winning. But. It, I've learned over the years it doesn't matter. I think I played really good today no matter what, you, you know, but uh, it's hard. I just want more people to get in a conversation. It's not about pointing fingers or trying to get people fired or, or whatnot. It's about try, trying to have a conversation about how can we get better. Uh, and I think that needs to come from players and every organization involved. So that's the last thing is. Okay, no, 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 no. Find me the clip of Robin Leonard, please. I, I don't know who that was. But find me, <laughs> Derek, the, the clip of R- Robin He's Leonard. He's in my ear. Apparently, that, that was. That was Robin. No, it was not. It was Robin Leonard. Oh, you guys are trying to pull a fast one on me. Sammy, that's, <laughs> that's the same Robin Leonard yep. from a month ago who went nuts on Elaine Vigneault. Saying he should be fired, I believe. No, no, no. 
Fire the dinosaurs. Yee. Okay, uh, try to shake your way out of this one. I've got proof. That was the same Robin Leonard we just heard? It was, but Robin is trying to make a, a greater point about where we need to go here and how to improve. How to improve. It's like Robin seems to be on the right track and wants to move the things in the right direction and the conversation and for the good of everyone and mental health. I'm not sure that he always knows the best way how, and it's a little bit janky at times. That's all. I don't think okay. he's like two-faced or lying or... I'm okay with that. I, I like that Robin Lanner we just heard from. Okay. I do. I like more of that. But the one four weeks ago? Yeah. You gotta... You gotta... And I, I am cognizant of the, the fact that, you know, I'm... I think I said two-faced there, and I'm aware he actually has bipolar disorder. I'm not trying to make light of that. I, I, I'm aware that this is a guy who has his ups and downs, right? But again, it, it's almost like if we can find that that through line on the graph between the high points and the low low points, he's trying to move it in the right direction. It does come I off. I thought he sounded fantastic yeah. last night. And yeah. I hope, I hope uh, we hear more of that because that, that last night was – True leadership, right? He's, out of Robin Leonard, he spoke for almost eight minutes after, after a four after nothing, a four nothing loss. loss. Yeah, like I mean, that's that's pretty amazing for him to do that. Yeah, his priorities are are clear, and it's not just hockey, yeah. which is admirable. But I think too, and you know, I know I'm being the smart ass, you know, but I think whatever happened behind the scenes, whether it was meeting with the NHL, meeting with Vegas. I think somebody got to him mm-hmm. and just pointed okay, wh- them down whoever, the right path. Whoever has been working with him, with him or talking to him, uh, good on you. Because last night it sounded like he took some good advice mm-hmm. and, and, and said things progressive and strong, yet those were building block words. They weren't tearing down stripping right and it's possible he's even talking to himself a little bit when he says you know not about trying to get people fired or whatever right he's that that was good robin leonard unfortunately it wasn't good enough to to beat the toronto maple leafs but when you looked at that lineup that was in front of him i'm not sure george vesna would have come out with a win (laughs) last night that was lean man I mean, honestly, if they played 82 games with that roster, they don't win. Well, they're a bottom five team in the NHL. Whatever the win win total is, that is a as a lean group that lacks offense in a big way. That's like all your stars pretty much out of the lineup. Stone and Pacioretty are your two sharpshooters, and William it's Carlson's just, William Carlson's a, a great uh, depth second guy. Tucks a burner. I mean, Nolan you, Patrick, is a, was he a third-line center? Chandler Stevenson has to carry the mail last night. Brett Howden's one of your top six centers, top two-line centers. Now, do you think Sheldon Keefe would truly look at last night's game and say, okay, it's uh, a good night for my three stars, all right, high-paid players, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, but... I'm not sure where we're at still at this point. Yeah, you know what? He, there's actually, should we roll that clip from Sheldon? Let's hear what you got to say on that, Kiefer. Uh, thoughts on beating a team that was so utterly decimated? Yeah, I thought right from the start, you know, we took control of the game. You know, I thought we maintained that all the way through. We were good on special teams, good goaltending. So, yeah, it's certainly more indicative, you know, of what we think we're capable of. Um, you know, that, that's a shorthanded team playing over there. But as we as we all know, we've played against shorthanded teams, you know, before, and, and it hasn't gone like this here today. So I thought we did what we needed to do here tonight in terms of, you know, taking control of the game and maintaining it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying is basically, we were the Harlem Globetrotters last night, and we, we played been. the Washington Generals. Yeah. But th- that's the thing that, you know, I appreciate that he didn't make light of like, ah, that team was decimated. We're expected to do that because it's not that easy. 
you know, you get a bunch of guys in elevated roles who are trying to prove themselves and working hard, and Chicago did it to them, and Pittsburgh did it to them, where they made it games. Obviously, Pittsburgh rolled them entirely. So this is what's supposed to happen when you get a lineup like Vegas rolled out there. Your best guys are still supposed to be there, and this was the first game all season, I think you can say, the big four, in air quotes, looked like the big four. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are built on them being the engine. They were the engine last night, and Vegas didn't have a sniff. Now, you can't make them all be that good every night, but boy, it's a reminder of how it's supposed to look when it works. And Mitch Marner, whatever was going on with them last week, I, I what's, the first, what's the only thing I said last week? Just this guy's not having any fun. No yeah, joy. Like no joy. No joy. And I really believe that at some point he had some soul-searching. And we also heard how short he was with the media. And it was just, it was not a good path for him to go down. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe there was a lot of growth for a guy like Mitch Marner because he has turned it around. He is more personable. He is more engaging. And his game is back in terms of, the creativity, there, there's still going to be times when you handle the puck as much as him, when you go east-west, JB, as much as him, there are going to be, there are going to be some, some, some turnovers. It's part of the trade-off. But, the best players in the league, you take that. But how many guys in the league can truly score that goal he scored last night? Oh, Honestly, I, I don't know if there's maybe three or four more, five, six. You know, the, the number's not, not high. Not much higher than that. Not much higher than that. You know what killed me about the the goal he scored? Obviously, the, the two touches are like a soccer player's delicate and you know, well-placed and all that. But just the footwork to get going, kind of back up the ice in front of Leonard. I mean, it, it truly, the way he does that open hip pivot, there's no one yeah. who skates like that. He's just agile and nimble. This is one of the things, though, and I, I wrote about this, how he stopped trying to shoot the puck in the net from 70 feet or, you know, from 30 feet out. He stopped, you know, he worked on the shot in the off season. He came into this year and he tried to shoot the puck into the net. No, it's not how Marner scores. He scores goals by skating it into the crease. I think, uh, somehow, some way, either somebody in leaf management or Mitch himself said, I'm going to be a more of a shooter this year. And, He's never going to be a shooter. Like, yeah. Ever. You don't want Shaquille O'Neal to start being like, I'm going to be a three-point shooter. It's a modern reference for everyone there. But there's going to be times when the opportunity's there and you have to take it and you've got to be very selective and when to make the extra pass or the extra move and when just to get a puck on net. Or you have the extra split second and you sure. go for a corner. But yeah. Mitch has to be the best playmaker out there for the Toronto Maple Leafs to have success. And Sheldon, what do you think? Has Mitch Marner been great? He just looks like himself. You know, that's that's the Mitch that we, we know and love, of course. You know, he's um, he's playing with confidence. Uh, he looks like he's, he's, he's free out there and... Uh, when he's free and, and the game is just flowing for him, he makes great things happen on both sides of the puck. The one we know and love. He tacked on that end love, right? He's like, we, we got to get back to loving this Opposed kid. to the one last week where we <laughs> don't know and hate. <laughs> that would be an amazing <laughs> quote. That's the Mitch Marner we don't <laughs> know and hate. <laughs> no, was- and then what's the other thing he said? He's playing free. Mm -hmm. Okay. That comes with success, I believe. That's great. You know where the Leafs fall in some heat? Is when the whole team plays free. Right. But Mitch is responsible defensively. You trust him to play That's where Sheldon has to make it abundantly clear to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You see that guy? That ain't you. When you (laughs) skate like him and you think like him... You can play free, but Nick Ritchie, come over here, okay? (laughs) You're playing, Nick Ritchie, like you're in jail, okay? You are playing like you cannot pass go. You cannot collect 200 bucks. 
We're going to do a skills session where, where you work on soft chipping it off the boards here by the blue line. Just a soft chip, please. Did you, uh, did you get my board reference on that? No. What did I miss? Anybody? I was thinking about my own do, comment, probably. Do not pass go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do not yeah, collect yeah, yeah. 200 bucks. Yeah. Monopoly's still yeah. relevant. Oh, my God. McDonald's has kept it alive. <laughs> Wrong with you guys. But that's, that's what I've seen in the last, the early in the season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell against Vegas last night, to be honest with you. But I saw a lot of guys trying to play kind of loose and free in the, in the last little while. And there's still signs that I see that I do not like. Believe it or not, even in the Vegas game last night, there, there are still a handful of times that I, I can stop and freeze frame and there's three forwards within uh, 10 feet of the net. Like, and there is an odd oh, man no rush coming back up. No responsible third man high. And if... Players can understand that Mitch, I, I don't. It's not under. We're not all under the same rules here. Listen, I hate when coaches tell you that you know everyone plays by the same rules, or you know that's a common thing. Is that I treat everyone the same? No special treatment from everyone. It's like really, no special treatment. Then you're doing it wrong because you know these guys should not have the same rules about how they should operate in the neutral zone, what you want them to do when they're under duress of the puck. Marner is definitely a guy that you say, I trust where you're going to be defensively. So you, you just turn it on on the offensive side of things. Cause man, he is fun to watch when he's working last night. The power play looked so much different with movement, a little bit of life in the game, guys switching flanks. I've got an article on that coming out on sports.ca. But anyway, it's very, very uh, effective when everyone's moving around like that. Sammy, we, I think yesterday we've, we le- kind of left the show saying that, Matthews is the type of guy that can score 10 or 12 goals uh, in the next 10 games. We, we had the Ovechkin. Can he catch Ovechkin who had nine and Matthews had one? Well, it's 9-3 the next day. Did the, did the catch and release that you saw Sammy last night lead you to believe that he can go on a run right now? Well, I will say that that goal, the, the, the one that Willie found him cross seam, no look, and then into the, you know, into the sweet spot, onto the pillow for Matthews, did definitely make me feel that he could catch him, but it also made me feel that I was watching 2016 Toronto Maple Leafs again. You know, yeah, that's good what PP then. That's what it just reminded <laughs> me of that that connection. They scored so many goals on goals just like that. You know, on two on ones in transition, and then through the the middle of the ice in the power play. It's just so sweet. Did he even look at him? Like it's just he knew exactly where he's going to be. Caught it, top corner. I I love that goal from him, and I think that kind of signifies that he's you know. Looking really back. I gave that one a stank face. Just an upper yeah. left, like, ugh. Yeah. You know, and with, like, like and with him, there's certain guys when you watch, when he caught it there, it was in, right? Like, you didn't even really need to see the end result. Like, you're already kind of standing up a little bit off the couch, but just because of how, you know, how devastating that shot is, he gets it clean from there. It's in. But, yeah, give me a little hope, boys, I, I must say. But, I don't know. Obies didn't play last night, did he? Or did he? <laughs> I don't know. So, All yeah. I know, I, I, when that went in, I, th- I was like, Leonard's lucky that didn't hit him. That shot. Like, that catches him in the neck or something. It probably kills him. That's just an absolute missile. Yesterday, we also talked a lot about Jack Campbell and his contract situation. We'll, we'll get into that a little later. But overall, I, I, I watched him last night. Not an easy game nope. for him to, to play in. And certainly, he, he made some late saves that preserved his shutout, but also showed that he still on a pretty good trajectory here to maintain. There you go. Soupy Campbell. But the trajectory still remains in place for him to continue the growth, JB, that he's he's had in, in, yeah. in a short little while here. You know, that was one of those games where if you don't have a good goaltender, one of those squeaky weird one gets in and all of a sudden it's 2-1. You know, instead of a game like you you feel you should get away from it. I don't know if you watched the Calgary game last night. I just happened to be working it, so I was watching it. And they, I think they had like 20-some chances in the first period, didn't put Nashville away. All of a sudden, Nashville gets one, and they're in the hockey game. That could have been that game against Vegas where you let them get a, a, you know, a, a sort of a cheesy one that's different. Campbell's been able to, he's been solid. And I, I am interested now about that conversation we had yesterday. One, do they go with Mrazek next, or do they really make Campbell the number one guy? And two... Keith said that. Keith says Campbell's starting tomorrow. Campbell is starting. Yeah. So there you go. Peter Mrazek got three years at 3.8 to to back him up. Yeah. Love it. 
Well, I mean, that signifies who's the starter, who's the backup right away. I, if you start in Tampa, then 100%. And you can't go to Mrazic coming off of a shutout. I don't care. I don't care if it was as lopsided as it was. Yeah. But you have to go. These are, these are truly. It's true. It's overthinking these it are, to do the, anything It's else. early, but these are measure games coming up. They mm-hmm. are. Like, Tampa, Boston, let's roll. Like, think about it here because it wasn't too long ago we listened to Sheldon Keefe talking off of the Carolina game, and it was like, well, we really played a good team, and uh, we yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm... <laughs> right? Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. He was, oh, we, we, that's a, a, champ, a cup we, contender. We just found out where we're at, oh, really. Like us, dumpy we've got some work to do. <laughs> Well, can't do that against Chicago. No. You can't find out against Detroit. You couldn't find that out against Vegas. But I think there's a really good chance that we'll find out yeah. in the next two games against Tampa Bay and Boston. If they look overwhelmed. By the way, this is going to be quite the test for a guy like Timothy Lilligren, who's gotten bigger minutes and bigger opportunity. Yeah. And everyone's like, how about this Lilligren kid? Right. By the way, he has been wonderful, but now it's going to be like, okay. But just to, to Tampa kind of finish this, it is crystal clear with Sheldon Keefe starting Campbell against the defending Stanley Cup champions. It is clear who the number one goalie is. Yep. Yeah, absolutely clear. So do you, uh, they asked him about your tweet yesterday about the contract situation about if they are in fact negotiating a new contract and he didn't well let's just hear Campbell on the jack, contract jack there was a report today that you've started negotiations on an extension is that true i'm not really sure i i'm um, just focused on the game and uh yeah that's where my focus is at what would it mean to you though to be a leaf beyond this season and you know stay here a few years yeah i mean i truly love it here it's uh you know, the guys have taken me in like I've been here my whole career and special group, special city. The fans are incredible. And, uh, you know, anytime they embrace me the way they have, it's uh, means a lot to me. And there's nothing more I'd love than to stay here. And, um, you know, I guess ultimately all, all we can do and myself included is win hockey games. I love that. Uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> that was a incomplete sentence. What he really wanted to say was, I'm not really sure how I want to answer that. <laughs> I'm not really sure what to say. Because if you say yes, then it becomes the topic every day. And if you say no, um, well, that's a lie. I don't think he has. I, I cannot confirm this. I'd have to dig deep for this. But I don't think he's ever lied in his life. <laughs> I believe it. He just does not strike me as a guy who is a really, really good liar. This is why people have agents, because old Jack would be like, I'll just play. I'll just play for 20 bucks. Speaking of his agent, his agent listening to that last line about him waxing poetic about Toronto, he's like, shut up, Jack. Stop it. He's like, say you hate it. (laughs) Say you hate it here. The pressure's unbearable. And there probably is a sense that he might take a few hundred thousand dollars less then maybe God, it just doesn't but, but sound what like is that number it's do. not like he's a local kid here uh luke fox has a uh, an article now on sportsnet.ca and uh he talks in it about uh how difficult this may be for Kyle Dubas. Mm-hmm. He also mentions that his uh, career earnings, I think, are around $3 million bucks. Yeah, you know, I was going to so, say that too. It's not like he has, like, Spezza money to fall back. And when Spezza says, I'd play for less, Spezza's made 90 schmil. Yeah. It's a little different when you're like, yeah, you uh, I've made three and there's been escrow and it's been taxed and that's over 10 oh, no. years. I'm going to need some money. Wait, wait next year when Spezza um, actually pays them to play. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they get a it'll, plus seven fifty. No, no, it's it. like uh, it's it'll be like uh, the GTHL, the minor league, where you actually have to pay a registration to play. <laughs> Jason Spezza will be the first player in NHL history to pay a registration fee to play in the NHL. That would really be a boon for their cap. They would do it in a hurt. So it's clear now that he's going to get a chance to run with this, and make no mistake about it. A win against Tampa Bay leads you to your start Saturday night against your biggest rivalry in the last 
few years, the Boston Bruins. So I'm not going to get paid what that guy is sitting on the bench getting, watching me play no, at 3.8. I mean, that's, that's great. Honestly, that's great. That's all his agent needs to say. Okay, you're paying the guy 3.8 who's filling the water bottles and taking the face-off stats at the end of the bench. Okay, he's not really doing the water bottles. But, like, so the guy who's in the game, what's he worth compared to him? Not 3.8. That's all I know. So let's start there and work up. I, I think I do that on, I do that on I, Dubis's I, behalf, figuring I, out the salary. I get Kyle Dubis, and he's not he's not wrong for trying to get this done now. I bet he's sick of talking contracts, and he's like, "Who else needs one? Let's well, just be done for well, one if, year." If if, the, if his situation was better, he wouldn't be that sick of it. You're not wrong at all. I would say that's true, but he has got to be sick of hearing it. So let me ask you this about the contract negotiations. I know the agents involved, so it, clearly this, some of this may get mitigated. But, you know, there's a history here with Jack Campbell and Kyle Dubas, right? Like, he made the huge trade for him when he was, uh, I oh, think, yeah. he, was, he was the Spitfires, and they traded for him to the Sioux. They gave up. It was one of the biggest trades in OHL history. It didn't turn out too well. Um, you know, they, he identified him out of L.A. He brought him here, gave him an opportunity. I understand that it's like, listen, it's, it's business. You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you a big deal. But is there not some sort of moral equity between... Jack Campbell and Kyle Dubas that, that you mean, can you think work he'll off take of? Less or Dubas will give him more, though. That's like, a great point. <laughs> like know, I don't know, like which Dubas way do you think it goes? Guys. You can't give him what you don't have. Well, you can give him what you won't have, though. You can pay him on next year's salary cap and say, "I'm going to figure it out in the off season." With, I mean, I expect you need a goalie. You hear? You know, you need a goalie. Goalie, pretty important. How about how about four times four point five? Who's, who's upset? Leafs fans? Kyle Dubas? I'm not upset. Brandon Pritta, most but of I'm all. But I'm deeply that, worried. Uh, oh, because it's too much, Sammy? No, just because of years. his age, his track record, the years, the month. Like, everything worries me about Three it. Three times 4.5? I think Jack Campbell's an awesome goalie, and I think he's shown enough now that, you know, he's going to be a contributing goaltender. He's going to be good. But, See, like, that's, that's it the scares game. me. But that's the game Kyle has to get into him right now is – you could pull a groin. You could end up not being as good as you we thought you would, or you. And this is a, this is guaranteed money. Yeah, Think for a, for a guy that's it took you ten years to make three million bucks. Now we're going to give you a chance to fourteen or fifteen million over three years, and maybe a hefty signing bonus. Yeah, you might make $3 million tomorrow. You know what's crazy is these games versus Tampa Bay and Boston will be so heavily weighted in their discussions if they're happening right now. Like, he goes out and he shuts out Tampa Bay and Boston. Conversation's a little di- different at the table come Monday morning. Maybe get it done today. <laughs> or he goes out and he plays Tampa and Boston, gives up 13, and they <laughs> say, you're making 1-6, we'll give you 1-8. We've I'm all kidding, gone through this, though. That's the that's, I have not gone through these conversations. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, maybe with Sportsnet over, like, lunch money, I don't know. Slide some decimals, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the, vend, the vending machine? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, this is what you go through. It's you weigh out the pros and cons out of everything. Think about... Uh, some of the guys that actually crossed the finish line on UFA, mm-hmm. like even Tavares. Tavares had like a lot of money thrown out by the New York Islanders for 12 months. And it's like, no, I'll wait. No, I'll wait. No, I'll wait. I, I get hit. Yeah. A skate. How many times have we seen in the last few years a skate blade come up six feet off the ice? It is and, and ballsy cu- to wait. And, and like you, people don't realize every time we stepped on the ice, we ran the risk of it being your last game. Yeah. So that has to come into play every time. I don't care when how made three million. I don't care how shitty an offer sure. is. I don't care how bad an offer is. Mm-hmm. You have to always go. Boy, be nice. Just lock that. A lot in. of money. Still a lot of money. Yeah. We'll see if we'll see if so, nice guy Campbell uh, extends all the way to, to salary talks. Kyle is not wrong starting this right now and making it a priority here. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting to see. We have one other player we were going to talk about before we go to break. Do you want to turn the page on Campbell? Or are you 
Yeah, I'm good on Campbell. Last guy, um, Mr. Bunting. You know, I, yesterday's show, we talked a little bit about the two lines and how the Tavares line has been much better since uh, Marner rejoined them. Even Kerfoot has looked really effective, but there's kind of been some jankiness in the Matthews, Nylander, Bunting group. I'm not sure exactly what it's been. Just the chemistry hasn't been perfect. But Bunting himself, in general, has been a bit of a revelation. He's a guy you could play down the lineup in your top six all over the rink. He worked hard in games where you didn't have people who worked hard. But there's a reason the guy was making 900 and signed for two years that dollar amount. He's got 30-some games in the league, you know, at 26 years old. So he's not a perfect player, even though some Leafs fans have made him out to be. Let's hear what Sheldon Keefe had to say about him so far this season. So he's a confident guy, and he kind of knows what he, who he is and what he brings. So I, I don't think in that sense it's a huge adjustment. But at the same time, when you're adjusting to play with high-end teammates to begin with, and you're still yourself trying to find your way in the league, there's, there's, there's some added layers there. So he's a guy we just need to stay on, you know, in terms of video and talking to and uh, talking to him and, you know, uh, reassuring him because I think he's done a really nice job. His, his work ethic is undeniable. Um, you know, structurally there's some things there and then some of the, some of the plays with the puck and the execution level to just trust his skill set to hang on to the puck and, and wait for plays to develop. Those kind of things you're, you're looking for over time, but he's found ways to produce. Sheldon is so bang on. Yeah, you like that, that? I do. I really do. And he's absolutely right. And when there's opportunities around the net, he's shown well. And you love a lot of things, and that's why he's in the lineup. Yeah. But there is also a reason, as you just said, you're 26 years old and you've played 250 games in the minors. Yeah. Career earnings less than Jack Campbell by significant margin. I often tell people this. The, the, true, the true telling tale, and you'll never see this unless you really pay attention, and it's even hard to really see it on TV is it's, it's not the difference between players when they have the puck. It, it, the, the real difference is your play when you don't have the puck. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of Kyle's, or uh, I mean, uh, Sheldon just kind of touched on, is that where are you when you don't have the puck and how quickly can you get back and play and how, how are you responsible when people think that you're not involved in the play and you're always involved in the play? Yeah. Always. You can't necessarily pick that up on TV. No. But your play away from the puck is one of the biggest difference on guys in the NHL or guys in the American Hockey League. Yeah, well, and I thought, Sammy, uh, you had a really good uh, take on bunting and just, like, how different it would be, you know, like Arizona, right? Yeah, and I just, I love, like you guys, I love what Keith said there. And I think... I mean, I'm not an NHL player. I've never been close to an NHL player. But I think if I came from Arizona where no one's watching, I'm playing with, well, not nobody's, but close to it compared to Austin Matthews, I would probably need some reassurance too. That like, yeah, guess what? You belong there playing with one of the best players in the world. Like I think what he's saying there and showing him video and reassuring him, I think it actually really works well in this situation with him because, I, you know, probably pretty intimidating coming to Toronto, coming to your hometown, playing on this team that's supposed to be great, playing with the best player on the team. It's got to be pretty intimidating. Yeah, and I'm going to take a page from my buddy uh, Anthony Stewart's book and just say, like, details. When we were with Arizona and you're losing most of your hockey games and no one really cares if you win, it's it's not as important to be on it all the time. But when you're playing in the top six for the Toronto Maple Leafs alongside the Rocket Richard uh, winner, we're going to need you to be everywhere we expect you to be all the time. Like, the focus and the detail level has to change and that's something when he talks about showing him video and staying on him, and not to mention, Sammy, to your point about reassuring him, that you can hang on to the puck. You're allowed to have it for a sec. It doesn't have to go to Austin right away. It doesn't have to go in right away. Just trying to get used to that role and the difference in environment for him is, is a change. We all have loved what he's done, and he obviously brings value on his money, but finding himself in this situation is still something that's a process, I think, more than uh, an accomplishment at this point. want to also talk about... Uh... The Leafs' bottom six forwards. All that more on Real Kipper and Bourne after the break. At the break, we left you with thoughts of talking about the bottom six of the Leafs, what we thought of the third and fourth line. We also 
built up Cam Jansen, former NHLer. Cam and Strick podcast. Not coming on. The <laughs> <laughs> dramatic. What if we tricked people on purpose? What if we knew he wasn't coming on and we were just like coming up next? Sam, a round table Sam, can you, of Wayne Gretzky, Mark Man. Sam, can you Edmund. can you sound like a tough guy for the next ten no. minutes? I am the softest dude. Real talk. This Have you may, ever been this, in a hockey fight? This yeah. may be my yeah. fault. This may be my fault because I sent him a note saying, "Hey, do you want to come on my show tomorrow?" And he said, "Yeah, I'd love to. No problem." And then uh, I think he thought that I still had my old show, Real Kipper at noon. Oh, really? Didn't he thought you were not Sportsnet? <laughs> I was not Sportsnet, and apparently he's contractually obligated on uh, TSN. I'm like, buddy, we're like, uh, we're like those talk shows in the states. You know, people on CBS can go on to ABC, <laughs> and ABC <laughs> can go on NBC. Nobody gives a crap no. on. All those shows, those late night shows, just come on on our show. Yeah. I'm like, come on, let's see how tough you are, Kev. Go tell those guys at TSN. <laughs> I'm going on Kipper's show. That's the best show out there. Why wouldn't I want to? Oh, I'm just kidding. Nah. I'm just kidding. Totally understand yeah. my screw up. My apologies uh, to Cam. I, I just had a, we had a great text here that I wanted to read. Um, about, remember our boy, Shanif, that won the tickets? On oh, yeah. oh, he said, hey, gentlemen. Thank you for the tickets to uh, yesterday's game. What a great game. Feel free to send me season's tickets so that Matthews, Marner, and the power play continues to flourish. Love, right. Shanif. Oh, right on. I love seeing a little feedback from, a, win from a winner. Just what a great game to go to. This is point night. They're snapping it around. I love that. How long before Shanif is asking for like 15% off of uh, well, Marner, got, Matthews, oh. and Nylander? Well, the you Leafs know might offer heading. that anyway, actually. <laughs> Given the, uh, the ticket prices of late being 20% down. So... Um, show shuffle. We're going to get it back into the leaf stuff and do the, uh, that bottom part of the lineup chat. You ready for that? Yes. Okay. Cause it appeared last night that it was heavily driven by your stars. And then, uh, what else did you read into it? I wanted to, to note the first off Andre Kasha, who so we're 10 games in, you know, what, are, what is he? What are your thoughts on him? I got an interesting text from someone last night who compared him to, uh, like a poor man's Grabowski. I heard uh, Nikita Soshnikov uh, sort of style of player. He's a different type of guy. I, I mean, first I'll get your take, and then I'll give you on how what Sheldon Keefe's take is, uh, given the statistics here. I think he can be a serviceable player, but I, I've told you right from the get-go, he'd be a guy I'd like to play against. Yeah, that, that hasn't changed. No, that hasn't changed. And I, I think if you're going to be in that role... You'd like to play against him because you'd I'd light him like, up once a night like every other I, team in the I league. Just, uh, I just... I'd be talking to him for 10 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I just... I, I To me, he's the type of guy that I, I, I'd like to try to intimidate. Yeah. thing is, he plays hard. He plays physical. I just... You know, one thing we've talked about sort of in our group text and all that is he does get run over once a night. Well, you can't be that guy that you just explained if you're getting run over every night if you're he's, he got, he's on he's his got, ass a lot he's got poor peripheral vision or something like he just doesn't seem to know where guys are half the time i i don't exactly know what it is but what i do know is what sheldon keith believes he is so so far andre kasha has played 10 hockey games for the maple leafs he's been on the ice for 110 face-offs uh i believe you already know the answer to this but sammy did you hear how many were in the offensive zone you told me, and I was shocked, but I can't remember the number. Seven. Seven. Seven out of 111 face-offs for this guy have been in the offensive zone. Um, David Kampf been on the ice for same minutes and, and face-offs, roughly nine in the offensive zone. Uh, Engvall, a whopping 12. You know, you go to some of the big guys on the team, and it's like Tavares has been on the ice for 65 and Marner 66. So these guys are clearly the type of players that Sheldon Keefe feels he can throw over the boards in the D zone and get positive results from. They are, as uh, you know, shot attempts go, they're a positive shot attempts line, over 55% for the line. So you put them on the ice in the D zone, the puck ends up in the offensive zone, you control the shot attempts. It's a pretty good line. See, I would, I would think if Engvall played up to his size mm -hmm. and was flat out just a little tougher, Kasha would be better. It would make him bigger? Yes, 
Yeah. And also don't think that Engvall's focus is defense. He's a part of a defensive group that they that camp centers, but like that's not what Engvall wants to do. I think Kasha in his heyday, I think in uh, Anaheim had, did he have a 20-goal season? Yeah. But that's, it's a bit of a mirage. He had a high shooting percentage. Like, it's not like he was dominant there or anything like that. Like, things went great for him that year. As good as possible. He had great line mates. The puck went in a lot. So, 10, 15 goals? Not with David Kampf starting in the D zone. But yes, if, if you if he were to play in the top six for you and he played a full season, I, surely. I, I need more, I need more oomph out of that third line. I, I, I just can't be about defending. Of course, it's about defending, but can you chip in? I, I please a little bit, like because you know who else shut down the opposing team last year it was Tampa Bay's Gord Coleman and and uh, Goodrow, but also they scored a bunch. I know that's a dream scenario. You don't have to be yeah. that good, but a, a light version of yeah, it would be I don't nice. Know. They're kind of like that fake third line when they're playing like eighteen, nineteen minutes. Yeah, right. They, they got a bunch of second lines in Tampa, or had I should say, and. Are we kind of starting to buy in a little bit to Lilligren that might be more than just uh, a guy that uh, sneaks in 15, 20 games this year? Yes, I believe that he could sneak in more than 15, 20 games. So I got killed on Twitter because I was saying they should have pulled Lilligren back out, put Hall back in because, you know, I don't think, what's Lilligren's ceiling? And we had that conversation. He's not an offensive D-man, not really a defender. What's he going to be? But he's played well. He's played two games. He's been on the ice for 28 scoring chances for for his line when he's been out there and two against. He's been wonderful for two games. So you kind of... Yeah, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Detroit and Vegas. I know. I know. Did you hear me? <laughs> yes, I did. Detroit I and Fans don't know. beat they... up mash unit Vegas. Yeah. So put him in tomorrow night. Well, I think Dermot's hurt. He's going to get a look. If it's shaping up to be Lilligren's opportunity to be an everyday player, let's see it against Tampa Bay and Boston. I got, you know, I, I as someone who wants this team to have success, Justin Hall's situation scares me because I don't, if he comes back and he's no good, you know, he's how we looked in the early part of the season. Lilligren is not someone you trust. I don't think going into a playoff series and your bottom pair going up against you know, who's it going to be in the division? It might be Tampa Bay. It might be Boston. So it's it's a weakness on the team. I don't know what people seem to think his ceiling is. My Twitter feed seems to think his ceiling is Scott Niedermeyer. I assure you it is not. But, boy, they love him out there. I had a couple things when you guys are talking, but I want to ask you. What What do you think? Do you think Kasha could elevate his game a little bit with a better, different centerman? Because it seems to me... Like, not better, but more offensive centerman. I don't think he's ever going to really get a sniff in the top six. I don't, I, I don't, this could be a pie in the sky situation, but it seems to me that he does have better offensive instincts than he's shown. And then playing with Camp, who's obviously just kind of a human punt in terms of offense, he's I got none, eh? Zero. But I mean, he did score Camp? a big, yeah. yeah, he did score a big one for them in Chicago. But I, I do see a little bit of an offensive touch instincts when it comes to Kasha's game as opposed to just him being a third line sort of checker. Do you agree or disagree? I do believe that he's got more upside than what he shows. He tried to slide when the uh, camp last night. There's just not a little bit. Like, I think camp scored a goal in preseason, and he's got one. Yeah. But they kind of just have to. Fall at his feet? Like, start with the lap. And then then it progresses (laughs) to the feet. feet. No, he's effective at what he is designated to do. But Kasha, if I'm Kasha, I'm not happy about it. Because I'm like, I'm making 1.25 and people don't believe I can play in the league. I'm going to stay healthy and play by this go- guy. And now they're going to think I can't score. I can't Camp's contribute. not going anywhere, though, Sammy. Yeah. So I don't know where you're going to find a centerman for him. No, he, I, think he's, I think he's supplanted. He's firmly there. Because I don't think you're doing anything with Kerfoot. I don't think you're doing anything with, with bunting. I, the only thing is I could see him going up one line if somebody gets hurt. Like, he could be the first call. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I can see that, too. If there's an opening in the top six, he's probably next to go. Although they've liked Engvall up the lineup a bit. So, well, but the th- Okay, so not to kind of jump around the lineup too much, but I was going to do Richie unless you had something there, Sam. I was just going to ask you about Lilligren, but go to the Richie. I think it's time to talk about it. Not in a position to succeed, this guy, is he, Kipper? Well, 
I thought Spezza, Richie, and Simmons battled last night. That maybe one of the first times where Spezza kind of looked like he was 38 years old. They got filled in by an awful Vegas team, that line. Every line was dominant, except for when they were on the ice, that line got caved in. Shot attempt-wise, I think it was you know, 5 to so, 11. Chance. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. So it, what it, are you it, doing if you can't kind of showed. If you can't be the fourth line against Vegas and you're getting filled in? So this is the thing. Like, everywhere Nick Ritchie goes, it's a wasteland. And I feel for the guy because he's got two years. He's making decent money. He can obviously contribute. I don't see any chance you're pulling out Bunting or Kerfoot for him. I don't think he fits on the fourth line. Like, how do you get... You, he's going to be here because no one is taking him. So how do you get value out of this guy now? I, you, you, I know this is probably not what you want to hear or some Leaf Nation, but you you stick with it. You just stick with all it. all you can do, hey? I, I don't see any other choice here. If he can just be responsible and not cost... And then maybe he can bounce a few here and there. Maybe there's an injury. Maybe he 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 finds Sheldon finds a way to spot duty and back up with a, a hotter Matthews or Marner on a couple of shifts, and he kind of gets going here. But that's a major commitment, five million for two years on a team that's cash salary cap poor. Yeah, <laughs> really poor. And I, can't I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why he got the, the second year. I, I don't understand it. And I, like, were you, were you in a bidding war for Nick Ritchie when Boston says he's not our type of guy? So where was the, the thought of giving him a second year? Yeah. I'll he- tell you what that second year is going to do, Justin. It's going to cost player Kyle a draft pick I'll take him off your hands Arizona's gonna go yeah hey we'll take Nick Ritchie absolutely another third fourth rounder I'll take him off your hands god they gotta get value they gotta they gotta get more out of him what 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 value he's got one point what value 10 games one assist yep one assist secondary assist I you know, when he came here, when we talked about him in preseason, we talked about a guy who could do things. You know, he get hands, he can finish around the net, he can be heavy and intimidate and fight. You know, that's why I just said when you were talking, like, I can't believe he hasn't fought yet. Like, you can't control all the bounces and getting, you know, to tap a couple home or tipping one in all the time. But that's one thing where you're like, I haven't made an impact. And I know I'm not trying to sound like a dinosaur like you should, but I would feel some pressure taking five million in Toronto at twenty six years old. My last kind of, you know, the last team didn't want me. That would that would come up in my make myself useless or useful plans. I think. Still, ten games in, I know. But I, I don't. I the the other thing too is you if you're if you're Kyle, you don't want to embarrass yourself right now. You don't want to cut bait on that contract 10 games no. in. So I imagine, this is what I think they think, Kipper, that someone's going to get hurt at some point and he's going to get an opportunity. He's just going to wait till he gets one and then he's going to be a more than adequate fill-in as a guy at that point. But didn't he kind of get an opportunity? That's the thing. They shouldn't have given it to him right away. It a, puts a, a guy in a position to fail. I don't know. But Joe Thornton. They did the same thing. Where, where did he start at the beginning of last year? Right at the top. Let these guys earn it. Work their way up. And I, I, no one understood that. And, and staying with it for the first 15 or 20 games when there's only one place to go down or one place to go and that's down. Yeah, and you're going to have rocky patches and then teams are going to say, well, it didn't work out and there. Unfortunately... It looks like it's kind of history's repeating itself. Start Richie at the top, and then they they got to they got to the the third and fourth line a lot quicker than they did with Thornton. But that's ultimately people end up where they're supposed to end up. Yeah, it's funny that he hasn't even come up in the media anymore, right? Like, there's no one going, uh, Sheldon. What about Nick Richie? Is it's just like, okay, well, he's just. I, I think maybe they they got a little gun shy after 
our boy Terry got into it with uh, <laughs> yeah. with Sheldon about it when he was defensive, saying that like it wasn't an appropriate question or whatever when he when he was asked about him before. So yeah. it's true though; it's like not even a talking point anymore. It's crazy thinking it's about the, the Leafs' depth. Watching, <laughs> watching Amadio last night on Vegas. Last night, the leading shot attempt guys on Vegas were a D man, a D man, a D man, a D man, and then Amadio. He was he was the top forward, and he was tied for the lead in, uh, on the team in uh, scoring chances for for Vegas. That's funny. I was watching that game. I had this thought. I didn't even bring this up with you, but like, there was many times in that game where Petrangelo and um, Theodore were just like, "All right, well." It doesn't look like anyone up here is going to do anything with it. So I'm going to skate this into the offensive zone, try to get it on net. Like, the the, the defense for Vegas really felt like they had to do a lot last night because it's like, well, we're our only pretty good players oh, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. yeah. They took it on themselves. They, they pushed. They pushed, but uh, uh, no support. All right, we're going to also take a break here, and I believe Scotty Upshaw will be on the show unless he informs me he's contractually obligated to CBC <laughs> or Global or, you know, somebody else. Sammy, I'm not booking clients anymore on my program. Yeah, I guess i got to leave the producer to the producer, I guess. <laughs> I asked JB, you can you them. book, please? I got I got no contacts. I'm a nobody. All right, we'll have Scotty Upshaw coming up. Uh, oh, I, you know what? Before we go to break, Sammy, you're like uh, on the side baseball Sammy. Oh, yeah. Just your thoughts. Oh, you didn't let him get his window in on, here. I like it. On Atlanta Braves winning the World Series and our favorite general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, coming out with a World Series that should have been in Toronto. Yeah. that's you. It should have been us, you know? That's how I feel about it. I feel like the Jays, they got so close in 2015 with him and then all whatever transpired and he went to Atlanta and he's had all the success. And I hate to admit it, but... I was cheering against them. I was cheering for. I didn't want it to happen because there's a huge. Didn't want your ex to get remarried to someone else. Faction of the Toronto Blue Jays fan base that you know really resents the current uh, front office and really measures it against Alex Anthopoulos. And there's this real sort of you know struggle between the two. And I and I've gone through that. And I've you know thought it was dumb to get rid of Anthopoulos. And I, I hated that at the time. But the new crew has done a really good job bringing in guys. They're an exciting team. So it's just, it's a real win for the people who always thought the, the new guys stink. So but there, I, it's tough. But it's there, a tough one. There was also this connection that Alex had with Toronto and Canada. Mm-hmm. Of course. That, that uh, Sorry, but these guys can't touch. And it's it's okay. Their, their job's to build and hopefully put a championship team. But that was kind of nice having... Alex as a as a guy that kind of came through the mail room out of the Montreal Expos oh, to to being so close to a world championship here what five years ago six years ago a little extra sting I wanted to remind you of a story this is great that we actually have some time today a story you were going to tell about uh, your well, well you tell us I, I will because you know baseball Sammy is unaware of my history with uh, the Cazzarola. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what a cazzarola is? Sounds like no, a casserole. I was about to say it sounds like, yeah, a dish. So six years ago, uh, I started to kind of get to know uh, George Poulos, who is a world champion today, is the head athletic trainer with the Atlanta Braves. And uh, talking Greek heritage with him. And uh, he missed, of course, he's up. His family's back in the States. But he's missing home cooking meals, Greek meals. Yeah. So I tell him, I'm going to get my mom to make you uh, avgolemino, which is a Greek soup. For sure it is. I was going to say this. Absolutely thing. delicious. What's in it? Uh, it's uh, noodles and like uh, egg. Okay. And lemon. Avgolemino. You know so it is absolutely delicious. So I bring it to him. In this uh, cast iron pot that's 60 years old. Yeah. It's my Yaya's. Okay, it's Yaya Dazuz. Not to be, um, you know, mixed up with, you know, the great kazoo. All right, you got that? Yaya Dazuz. Yaya Dazuz, Cazzarola. He loves the soup, but he loves the Cazzarola more. <laughs> So 
you know, my mom's like, hey, make sure I get my cazzarola back, okay? I'm like, no problem. I, you know, these guys are good. They'll, right? At the time, Sammy, the Jays are like 50 and 50. It's not going well. And about a week later, I don't know, they, David Price shows up. And they start winning. And I'm like, can I come back, you know, in a week and get my cazzarola? My mom's going to kill me if I don't bring back her mother's 60-year-old cazzarola. Well, they're starting to win a little bit now. Oh, yeah. Right? Sports are the best. I'm not. I love sports. All right. You just wait. We'll go on a losing streak. You can come back and pick it up. They never lost the game. <laughs> never lost the game. <laughs> David Price is buying the mopeds. And they're going around. And... Next thing I hear is Batista's rubbing it before he goes no, out. No. I'm not even close to getting my cazzarola oh, back. That's awesome. Next thing you know, uh, they're, they're taking pictures with it after the pennant and uh, winning, you know, the first round, and they're filling it with champagne. And Oh, man. And so they end up going to Atlanta. I'm like, okay, I'm getting my cazzarola back. No. Nah. Come on. He still got it in Atlanta? It's, it's been with them the whole time. And now my oh. Cazzarola is a world champion. <laughs> Does it get a ring? I'd better. <laughs> it would be worth it if it came back full of diamonds. You'd take that trade off. This thing is like, if we, it's like, it's the heaviest Cazzarola you'll ever see. Like, if there was a, if there was a nuclear war, man, we could dive into it and we'd be safe. <laughs> This thing was a rock star of a cazzarola. I'm just looking on your Twitter feed here, and there's a great photo of them with the cazzarola. <laughs> Roll your good. tongue. Cazzarola. Okay? <laughs> We're going to turn you into Sam Macopolis. <laughs> okay? Cazzarola. Uh, that's funny. That's a great story, Cap. Oh, yeah. My but mom's seriously. still pissed. Congratulations, Alex. Good yes. for you, man. Good for Alex. He made some amazing George, trades at the deadline. Frosty, yep. those guys put in long years with the with the Jays, and now they're world champions, man. It's uh, it's nice to see. So congratulations to them. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here on Real Kipper and Born.